0: Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. And this will probably be the last show of the season. My name is Bill Matz. I am your director of fun and games for the evening. I love kicking it off with a little positivity. So let's get to them intros. Let's lead it off with Stephlicious D, Steph Driver.
2: I mean, that's a a blazing hot take that you just came in with. I don't think it's
0: hot at all. I think it's very medium. I think it's medium well. (laughs) Yeah, this is display I, temperature. This is don't even heat it up. I'll just fucking eat it.
2: <laughs> I, I I don't I don't have anything to say after that. To be really honest, Oscar <laughs> took warm ups yesterday. That was that was cool nice.
0: That was the highlight. That was cool and good. Yeah, from TheAthletic.com, dot com, Charlie O'Connor.
1: Yeah, I'm just uh, I think I'm just tired, and I'm not really tired because of the Flyers per se. Like, obviously, it would be cool if they were doing better in the series. I just. It's been a long season, and like I'm honestly counting the pause as part of the season because I was yeah. scrounging around trying to get content in the middle of a pandemic for three, four months. I'm just tired. I'm drained. I'm not saying I'm ready for the season to be over, but like I can't. I totally understand why people, you know, after the game and leading into today just want to be angry and yell and burn everything down. And, Normally on this show and on Twitter, I would be the one, you know, saying like, guys, the Flyers aren't in cap hell. The Flyers are built to be good for the next 5-10 years. Like, it's not the end of the world if they lose a playoff series in the most unorthodox playoff structure in league history. But I'm just too drained to bother like fine if you want to be irrationally angry because you thought they were going to win the Stanley Cup and they're probably not going to that's fine like have at it and in a week or so when i'm i have a little bit more energy i'll i'll bring some positivity but like don't expect me on the show to be like jumping into every argument when you guys get mad because i just i just don't have it in me right now
0: listen it's not Aww. that my anger does not and disappointment and whatever does not stem from the fact that they are losing It is the way in which they are losing, but we'll get into all the reasons people have to be mad. But first, let us not forget the fly-by-herself Kelly Hinkle.
3: Yeah, I'm not even mad. I'm just disappointed. Which is worse, I think. I just...
0: It's certainly worse when you're in trouble in high school.
3: Yeah, I mean, like you said, we're gonna get to it, but I just expected more. I think. And maybe that was my mistake, but I expected more. And so I'm I'm pretty disappointed in how this is all shook out.
2: I'm I'm just disappointed in how they look. Yeah, like they exactly. look like crap. And it it wouldn't matter if this were the playoffs or the middle of the season. Like they just look terrible and the games aren't fun to watch.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and last night like we were saying uh that might have been the best they played this series, and they just... I'll accept that the Islanders are better, but I don't accept that the best players are nowhere to be found. That's failure to me. But, there will be plenty of time to look at this thing from an emotionless standpoint, to recognize the youth and potential of the Philadelphia Flyers, and look to the future as soon as next... As soon as the the, the next upcoming season, with hope and excitement. This is just not that show as far as I'm concerned, but... Let's start with what could be the shortest segment of the show. What have the Flyers done well in this series? What are you encouraged by? Uh, Let's do a little positivity before everyone gets sad and mad.
2: The goalies look really good, both of them. Not just Carter Hart, but Brian Elliott last night did really well. The goalies
0: look really good. Did Carter Hart look that good on Saturday? Like all three goals that went in were tricklers that hit him.
2: I mean, I'm not going to talk about Two specifically yeah. one game. It, it's the entire body of work.
3: All right. I've been encouraged by some of the youths. Like Phil Myers has looked pretty good in these playoffs. Um, Farabee, I think, has looked pretty good in these playoffs. So that yeah. gives you some hope going forward that this will get better.
0: Oh, so Farabee nice. has to net that, has to net that uh, play off the backboards that Braun set him up with last night. That would have been Justin nice. Braun was one of their biggest <laughs> offensive threats. Yeah, it's not good. No, it really, uh, it really isn't. Charlie, what have you liked? What have you seen? A little thing that has been encouraging.
1: Um, I mean, if you're talking about this series, I, I think yes. Yeah, I-, I mean, I think one thing I will say is that this series, in a lot of ways, to me, has been. I I think I've made this comparison before in past, um, maybe not past series, but just like past games that like it it feels like a series of runs, like almost like a basketball game where one team will look really, really good for five or six minutes and the other team just looks like utter garbage and then it switches. And I think the big difference is that the Islanders have just had more of those runs or those runs have lasted longer. But there have been extended stretches where the Flyers have looked very, very good. Um, obviously the second period after uh, in game four after um, the the Islanders scored their first goal the Flyers completely dominated and they showed that when they have the puck and when they're playing north south hockey they can take apart this Islanders team it's just that they've also shown that they too can be taken apart by this Islanders team and they haven't been able to I guess impose their will on games long enough uh, to really um, you know honestly say they outplayed the islanders whereas the islanders have had games where they've done it enough times where they can say they outplay the flyers so I, I don't think there's it, it when if you're talking about like what's positive the positive thing is is that you know when they're playing their best they look like the team they should be um the problem is they just haven't been playing their best for long enough and the guys who are talented enough to finish on all of those opportunities that they're creating when they are playing their best simply aren't finishing right now.
0: I will simply point out that we do not have to worry about winning the Stanley cup and not having a parade. So boom, (laughs) problem solved. Thank you. Flyers. Jeru, uh, Jeru, uh, JVR, TK, you've done your part to ensure we, you know, don't have to worry about that. Thanks a lot, guys. I guess I guess better uh, leadership add, there.
1: I'll, I'll add another thing. Um, I do think that it's been, and I know this is something that people are probably gonna, you know, react negatively to because it's like, well, you're not winning the series, so you, you, this isn't true. But like, I do think the Flyers in this series are showing that they have a lot of fight in them, in the sense that like it blew me away that they won game two because I thought they were dead when they gave up that lead. And the fact that they came out in, the, in overtime and looked good again, put that third period behind them and won and won game two in overtime quickly, that was something that the old Flyers definitely wouldn't have done. And I'll say the same thing for game four because to me, and I again, this is why I just kind of took a step back from Twitter. I was writing my article. I was tired. I was like, fuck it. But like – Game four was a game that, like, it it was a 50-50 game. You know, the, 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 the Islanders finished on a couple chances. The Flyers didn't finish on their chances. Like, it happens. But it's not like the Flyers came back from game three and were like, geez we just got four checked to death for the final two periods and looked like utter garbage this series is over we're packing it in i mean they came out in game four and they played their best game in the series in what was the most important game of their season and it wasn't enough and that sucks but i'm not seeing like this is a far cry to me from that pittsburgh series back in 2018 where the flyers just seemingly give the fuck up like this team and maybe that'll maybe in game 5 they will give up and they'll get blown out 5 to 1 and then the narrative will change but so far i like the fight that they're showing it's just they just the execution just isn't there right now it's not there at a high enough level i will say
0: i will say i'm disappointed and like out of their control and circumstances you know they weren't able, able to carry over the momentum of that playoff game or of that overtime game i just thought like that's such a low of blowing a 3 goal lead and then such a high of surviving it, they'd be able to, like, carry that over and turn it into something. I will say, I will reserve my judgment on how much fight they have in them when I see how they come out on Tuesday. If they come out trying to, like, go for it and really extend this series, all right, but if they don't, then, no, they really didn't fight hard enough in this one because you don't get blown out for periods and games at a time. Just look non-competitive for for large stretches. I know you said it was a series of runs, but really, it's been oh, Flyers look good from minute four to minute fifteen of the first period. Islanders look good for the entire rest of the game. So, like, I don't know if that's runs so much as uh, yeah, they just took over after we look okay for a little bit. But uh, game five, I'll see how much fight they have in them. When we now, I want to move on to the those finishers. These guys who just haven't been coming through in the goals department. I realize Claude Giroux does a lot of things, but at the end of the day, you're not getting paid eight plus million dollars to win faceoffs and four-check. Puck has to go in the back of the net sometimes. Travis Connectney, you led the team in goals, like led the team in points. Where the fuck are you, JVR? The only thing on your job, like your your resume, says goal scorer. That's who you are. No goals. I'm calling this this group the No Goals Gang. We also have Lawton, who hasn't who has one assist in nine games since the round robin. Jake has a what one point I think. Hayes has one point. Like I don't know. Oh,
2: Jake has scored a
0: handful of goals. Jake, Jake, in, Jake had a, in, in,
1: the, in the Montreal series. This this series he doesn't have any. The Montreal yeah. series and
0: good. the series as we're finding. I know it's been a long time for these guys, but the playoffs goes beyond one series. You have to continue to do well. They forgot that part, I think. Yeah. Now, Jake was great against Montreal, and now he has, I think, one point.
3: Yeah, I don't... Didn't he just score last night?
1: No, that was coots.
3: Mm, yeah. Oh. Yeah, all right. I don't know what's up with these guys, and it's, it's getting harder to defend them. Because, like, like you said, Bill, Drew does do a lot. And he... Every time I see some national talking head tweet about how he has, like, Two goals in twenty-five playoff games, or whatever the fuck they do, it's so stupid. But it's just like he's got to score. Like you have to score goals. Like somebody's got to score. Can't have none. Like Like, like, yeah, that's the thing. Like we, they seem to be trying to win these games one nothing. Like we're not gonna do that. You got to score more goals. And no one's Tyler
1: Pitlick has more than half of these guys. Yeah, I I don't. I mean, I don't think. I don't think they're trying to. Like the Montreal series is a little bit different because I think they were trying to win very tight you know 2-1 one, one nothing games I, I certainly yeah. don't get the sense the Flyers are trying to win these games defensively I mean how many times are they attempting stretch passes that go for icings and how many times are they trying flip passes over you know the Islanders four checkers to try to score and transition like they're playing a much more aggressive game in this oh, Islander wow. series than they did against the Canadians it's just that they're not finishing like they're just not what? finishing on their chances
3: so, and that's the, the other thing, like, the passing specifically, I'm glad you brought that up. They do keep trying to make good passes, but they're doing them poorly, but they keep trying. Like, at some point, why don't we accept that the Islanders aren't going to let these passes get through and do something different? Like, there doesn't seem to be any adjustment which I think is well. Goes you mentioned, to coaching. Well,
2: you mentioned that, and I've got to say, A.V. has not been a, a shining beacon of hope during this series. i
3: got a lot of
0: questions series. for him. i got a lot of questions for him. Uh, he can't make him score. Here's, like, uh, no, no but he, he can you know, give, could he give Nate doing-
2: Thompson less ice time.
0: I mean, what, th- this has nothing to do with Nate Thompson. If Claude Giroux has no goals, Travis Konechny has no goals, JVR has no goals, Kevin Hayes has been held scoreless in, like, 9 of 11 playoff games or 8 of 10, whatever it's been, he's had no point. Like, it's these guys. It's not Nate Thompson. It's not Robert Haig. It's the best players on the team making the most money who are doing absolutely fucking nothing.
1: Yeah, yeah, what I mean— yeah, and and, and Nate Thompson's go. line last night they had ten shot attempts with, with with them on the ice, and they allowed zero. So like you know what Nate Thompson's line did their job last night. I mean they're not their <laughs> their job isn't to score. Their job is to forecheck and not let the other team score. They did their job. It was the guys who you know I, I, I pointed out in my column the the two plays that that flipped this game, the two sequences that flipped this game were Claude Drew has an opportunity on a rebound to score, he doesn't score. A minute later, Pajot goes down the ice and scores. And then, like, four minutes after that, Travis Connectney has TK. a chance to score on yep. a rebound. He doesn't do it. And then 20 seconds later, Brock Nelson goes down on a two-on-one and scores. I mean, that's the difference. The difference right there is that you have a game, that you have a, a third period of win a period, win a game. And two of your probably three best forwards have golden opportunities to score, and they miss on both. And then immediately after the Islanders have golden opportunities to score, who two guys who aren't even their best players but are, like, good role players, they go down and they finish on their chances. And that's what happened. The chances are there. The opportunities are there. One team's finishing on them and the other team isn't.
0: Yeah, and that's, like, I was able in the Montreal series to see, like, the way they were playing it was, all right, let's win 2-1. to one. It very much looked like that. But now that that doesn't appear to be the strategy – the results are the same, and that is incredibly concerning. Like, what is wrong? How are all these guys slumping at the same time? I know Montreal plays strong team defense; they're a well-coached, well-structured team. Everyone's buying in, et cetera, et cetera. Their goalies are good enough to get the results they get, but you gotta score more than one or like two with you know a minute left. Good job uh,
1: with the. Uh, <laughs> What is the against, problem
2: against Thomas fucking Grice?
1: Yeah, he had a great game, but like he you should be able to game. beat Thomas Grice.
2: That's what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: Like, no, I mean, I'm what I'm saying is like, give props to him. He played really well. Objectively speaking, he played a no, great game. He gets
2: no props. No props. He gets no props. <laughs> Zero props. But,
1: but at the same time, like as you, as you said, like you gotta beat him. You gotta beat him more than more than you did. You
2: gotta beat him. You gotta beat him. I mean, I guess like I guess I I understand. Varlamov is is good, but also fuck that guy. <sighs> I'm just, I, I don't have, I don't have the, en- I'm, I'm more along the lines of Charlie. I don't have the energy to be angry at these guys. Just, I hate watching them right now. Yeah.
0: I have the energy to be angry at a, sp- one specific. You've got
2: th- enough, you've got enough angry energy for the four of us. <laughs> I
0: have enough, no, it's because I have spent years now defending Claude Giroux. Mm. And saying when he has help, he'll be good in the playoffs again. And he's got help now, and he's not good in the playoffs.
3: Is it other teams shutting him down? Like, I have a problem in the playoffs where I'm completely unable to watch these games objectively. Like, I simply can't do it. I'm just, like, foaming at the mouth, cheering for the Flyers to win. And yeah, so yeah. sometimes I think I get a little lost in. The Flyers are playing poorly, rather than the other team is playing well. And I don't know well, if Claude Giroux does so poorly in the playoffs because he's Claude Giroux, and other teams know that they need to shut him down, or if he just chokes. I don't know. Which I one mean, it is.
0: like every good player in the league, the other teams are trying to stop them. Fair. They have more than zero goals.
1: Fair. Yeah, and I, and I don't I don't even know if like I mean, not saying that you know the islanders don't have conversations about claude drew and conversations about sean guturi i'm sure they do they're good players but they're not like constructing a game plan to slow down claude drew like they would construct a game plan to slow down nathan mckinnon or conor mcdavid yeah. like they're just not like like they're 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 very good players they're not guys who you know you're worried if you give them a little bit of space they're gonna score five on you in a game like so, I think truthfully, it's just it's probably a different thing every game. You know maybe, you know in in game one, they just didn't show up and that sucked, uh, with the exception of the second period when again, they couldn't finish. Game two, the top line played great. You know, Drew didn't get a goal, but he played well. Everybody played well. and really, the only reason why that game went into overtime is because the bottom six sucked and started giving away shifts in the final two periods and whatnot. Game three, they got destroyed by the Islanders' forecheck. And that's on everybody. Like, that's not just on Giroux, but it's hard to create... And th- this isn't absolving him, but it's hard to create offense when you spend two-thirds of the game trapped in your own zone trying to get a, get the puck out. Like, you can't you can't score when you're 100-plus feet away from the net you're trying to score into. So that's not like, okay, well, what was Giroux doing wrong? More that like, why couldn't the team get out of their own ends? And then Game 4... I thought I thought Drew had a good game in Game Four. He just couldn't finish. Like he, the process yeah. in Game Four for Drew was good. He was active. He was flying around. He was creating chances. He was extremely noticeable. He just couldn't finish. And is that is that bad luck? Maybe to a degree. Is that him gripping the stick a little bit too tight because he gets into his own head? Probably. It's probably like four or five factors that come into play. And you know it sucks because it keeps happening and you get frustrated about it. But. You know, it's I, I don't think it's it's as simple as just pointing to one thing because every game's different, every series is different. But yeah, I mean, you're the captain of the team, you're one of the top scorers. You gotta you gotta put the puck in the net.
0: And that's where I'll point to is it always his fault? And I like, know if the whole team sucks, Giroux can only do so much. But I look at Matt Barzell. Every time the fucking puck is on his stick, every time he's on the ice, he looks dangerous. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the captain of the Philadelphia Flyers or anybody else there's just nobody who seems capable of going, this next shift or this next period or this game, this is mine. I'm taking it. I'm going to take over. Stars take over games. The Flyers don't seem to have anybody. Kevin Hayes had a nice little run in uh, in game two. You know, was he noticeable after his second goal? I don't really think so. Jake had a couple
1: of runs in the Montreal series. But uh, is is anyone, like, capable of taking over? I mean the point. The one point I'll make, though, about that is, and I agree, Barzell, same deal. Barzell had, I thought, had a fantastic game for, especially in the first period. The Flyers could not get him off the puck. He has three assists in this series, no goals, and as much as I hate plus minus, he's uh, an even in a series where the Islanders are outscoring the Flyers by a lot. Like Matt Barzell, while he looks great a lot, hasn't been dominant. Like, he's he's basically, in a lot of ways, having the same kind of series as some of the Flyers stars are, where, like, they look really good sometimes, and then they don't. It's just that Bat Barzell has Jean-Gabriel Pajot, who's picking him up, and Brock Nelson, who's picking him up, and Anders Lee, who's picking him up. And, like, this is what you need. You need an entire team, and the Flyers don't have an entire team firing on all cylinders right now.
2: I hate all of those names. <laughs>
0: So are the Flyers playing bad, or are the Islanders really just this good? Because honestly, I'm going to root for the Islanders to win the Stanley Cup now. At least that'll provide me some solace as we finish the 44th consecutive couple of season that, like, this team is actually good and it wasn't just the Flyers who fucking blew it. Uh, Like, uh, are they actually a good team and we just didn't want to give them that?
3: I feel like it's more the Flyers playing poorly than the Islanders being this good. I, I, I like think the Flyers Trotz could be doing is a more. Good, true I mean, Trotz is a wizard, so there is that. Um, but I also think that even if they had lost this series, but had played what looked like good hockey, like given a fight to the Islanders, I might have been okay with that. But the way it's going right now, they're getting absolutely destroyed by them, and there's no way in my mind that the Islanders are that much better than the Flyers. They're just not. Yeah, like,
0: Even game with the four coaching, was game four was the first time the Flyers didn't look like shit for periods at a time, and they lost. Like I, I can't. Like I think the Isles are good, and I know Trots is a good coach, but there's no way they're this good.
3: No, they're
2: not. I just don't. I I, I just don't like. That on this show, it's a foregone conclusion that the series is over. Like, I I know that they're in the three one hole, but I just don't like that. That's what the whole show is about. I don't well, think it's a foregone I mean,
1: conclusion. It's just going to be hard. I mean, it, but they could do it. Like, it's the just that, yeah. It, it's just the th- the thing is for me is that the. The things that the Flyers could least afford to be bad at in this series, they've been bad at. And it's, as I said, it's not that they've been, I don't think they've been, I don't think they've been as awful as a lot of people think. Like they've done some good things, but the one, okay, number one thing that they're doing a really bad job of that they actually improved in game four, so props to them, is dealing with the Islanders' forecheck. And, that's a matter of execution primarily on the part of the defenseman and what's happening is basically you have the sanheim Myers pairing looks like shit in its own zone. They are getting utterly gashed by the Flyers by the Islanders forecheck, and that's just a matter of those guys just not making plays. You have Matt Niskanen who's playing like shit. You have Proveroff who isn't playing that great. And I guess the question is like, okay, well, do we do we credit the Islanders for how well they're forechecking, or do we say that the Flyers defensemen just need to be better? And it's probably a combination of the two. But the thing is, is that we've seen Sanheim and Myers do well under forechecking pressure we know they can do it it's not like the islanders have come up with this forechecking scheme that no one has ever seen before and it's it's confusing these kids like they can do better they're just not and that's why i lean more towards least on that front it being what the flyers are doing wrong and then also it's the it's the top end guys and we've talked about them we're going to talk about them forever you know They've there. There have been two games. They they have. Oh, it's, it's, well. I guess we'll we'll split them up. You have game one and game three. They just got outplayed. So I would say give that to the Islanders. Islanders played a great game. They they shut them down one way or the other. Props to them. Game two, the the Flyers Stars played played good. I wouldn't say they played amazing. They played good. They played a good game. They did what they had to do to win. They dominated the first period. They came through in overtime. And then game four, they played good, but they just didn't finish. And game four is the game where I look at it and I say, that's on the top, guys. You got to find a way to come through.
3: I mean, just to address what Steph said, I think the reason that I've resigned myself to them losing is that they haven't shown me anything over the course of these four games that inspires any confidence in me that they're going to win
0: three in a row. Yeah, the idea that they can win three in a row when it's hard enough for them to they win a single period is kind of crazy. They can't three periods in a row. Like,
3: I no, I
2: I know, and I'm not I'm not arguing that they should win or that they will. It's just there are still games left to play.
0: Yes. There are, and I wanted listen, I I wanted to get this show in today because I wanted to do one more in case the season ends Tuesday. But it's not like I'm rooting for it, you know. It's better for us if they win. I would love for them to win three in a row. Would be great. But like I don't see it happening. Yeah.
2: You just said you're rooting for the Islanders to win the cup. Yeah. But you're already you've already buried the Flyers. Yeah,
0: well, I mean the Fly No, the Flyers have buried themselves down three to one in the second round. I am reacting to that. I wanna know though, real quick, as we as uh, talking about the Islanders. Like, I've always thought you need, like, that stone-cold number one defenseman to make a real run at the cup. Who the fuck are these guys? Pellick and Pullick? Nick Letty? uh, Not Jonathan Taves? Someone else? Well, well, Uh, well, Nick Letty
1: Letty still sucks. Pellick is severely underrated.
0: I, I'm I swear saying, to like, God, these if are the f- I hear
2: the name Scott Mayfield one more <laughs> yeah, fucking time. There's some
0: guy in the NHL named Scott Mayfield, and he won a three a two-on-one battle against the Flyers last night with the net empty trying to tie the game. Like, never heard of him before this series. Like, no disrespect to this top four, because they don't have a... Like, Pelic plays 21 minutes. Pollock plays 21 minutes. uh Letty plays 20. Taves plays 19.57. Like, they don't have a 25-minute guy. Uh... No disrespect to these guys, but they're not Seth Jones or Victor Hedman or Heiskinen or Weber or any of them. You know, is this like, to me, this is kind of the Vegas model where you don't maybe have that guy, but you just have enough bodies to throw out there. Like, who the fuck are these guys? Honestly,
3: Barry Trotz is their number one defenseman. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh,
2: like. Helik and Pollock, like. God, I hate yeah. That's like hate that's them a, all. They're annoying, and that's
0: part of their annoyingness. <laughs> you know, they're just together to annoy everybody.
2: Like Nick Letty has been a pain in the ass for years. He's
1: only like twenty eight. I thought he was like a hundred. Yeah, and and he's, and he, like and he's not that good. He used to be good. No, he's he, not that good. But here we are.
2: Andy Green is a hundred years old, yeah, he, and I, he's I, still playing. And
1: he looks it, man. <laughs> that guy. He does. Sure <laughs> does.
3: <laughs> so Dan Saracini mentioned when I talk to him that the way Trotz gets this done is that he runs these plays so structured and the guys have bought in so completely that they know where each other is going to be on the ice before they get there. And you can really see it in this series. And I'm, I don't know. I, I don't know if we're going to talk about it, but I, Elaine Vigneault is just not getting it done. I don't, like, I, I don't know, man. I mean, the point I I'll make Barry's I,
2: I know that I mentioned it earlier that I'm not thrilled with Elaine, but really, like, it's 50-50. It's 50-50 on AV, and it's 50-50, the other fifty is on yeah. the top
0: guys. Oh, like,
2: fair. he needs to put them in a better position, and they need to fucking score.
0: I mean, like, Elaine Vigneault can't tell Travis Konechny, be stronger on the puck. Like... Every time Travis, every time TK gets poke-checked, the puck comes loose. I don't know, dude. Be a better puck handler. That ain't nothing the coach can do. That's him trying harder, plain and simple.
1: Well, we're just trying better. I mean, I, I, I hesitate to do the trying harder thing when you get poke-checked, like just execution. I don't think it's like, man, you just didn't want it enough. But going back to what, what you were saying, Bill, about, like, is this the new formula? Like, no, I don't think it is. Because I don't think the Islanders are gonna win the cup. Like, I, I guess like, like like we're talking about like how are they doing it? Like, yeah, there's a very good chance they're gonna beat the Flyers because they're up three to one. But like out of the four teams that are going to go to the conference final, if it's not the Flyers, I'm still fairly confident the Islanders are the worst of those four teams. And the fact of the matter is, is the goal here is not to go to the third round. The goal here is to win the cup. So I do believe that eventually if you want to actually win it all, you do need that number one guy, which they lack. Like the, the Islanders credit them. They're playing the absolute best version of their hockey that they can. But I do think there's a ceiling as to how far that version of hockey can take a team.
2: Well, isn't that a problem that it's happening against the Flyers right after the series that Montreal was playing the best possible hockey that they could play? Yeah, sure. Like, both of these teams are playing to their their ultimate peak against the Flyers. Well, why are we let that who happen? We just
3: can't get shit done. Yeah. Maybe we should stop letting teams play their absolute best game against us.
2: I feel like that would be positive. Like maybe just stop.
3: <laughs> yeah, stop, stop doing, doing this.
1: That. Yeah, stop doing all of this. And I, I If I were do the other Flyers, things.
2: I would simply not let the other team score. <laughs> I guess I'll,
1: I guess I'll make a point too and this is something that like it's not it's 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 hard to say in the middle of the playoffs because everybody is trying their best to make sense of what's happening in the playoffs. But, like, weird shit happens in the playoffs. Yeah. Bad teams play well. Good teams play bad. And there's no real rhyme or reason as to why it happened, no matter how hard we try to come up with narratives to base it around. Like, the Ottawa Senators came within an overtime game winning goal of going to the Stanley Cup final the year before their entire locker room fell apart like we like <laughs> like we I was going to make that example yeah, yeah like weird shit happens in the playoffs and like it sucks because the Flyers are just not they're not that team right now that is clicking they're not that team that is clicking and playing their best Montreal was seemingly that team like Montreal went in and Kicked the sh- not Maybe not kick the shit, but at least by the end of that series, they were kicking the shit out of a good Penguins team. And the Islanders kicked the shit out of the Capitals team, which I still don't think super highly of. But, like, they really took them apart. Like, the Flyers are doing—the Flyers are, are putting up a lot better of a fight against the Islanders than the Capitals are. The Capitals did, in my opinion, because I think the Flyers are a better team than the Capitals. But, like, I had the Islanders, I think, winning that series in seven, and they won in five, I think. And, like, I, exp- I, I thought the Islanders were going to win a tight series because the Capitals had flaws and the Islanders were playing well. But they went far beyond my expectations because the Islanders are playing pretty damn good hockey and playing pretty damn good hockey. Like, I don't think the Islanders are a super amazing team, but this playoff run, they're playing like a great team. And the, uh, the Canadians are playing close to their best because playoff hockey's weird, and sometimes that happens. And sometimes you're the Tampa Bay Lighting and you get upset in four games when you have the best record of the last 25 years in the first round. Like, shit happens. It's it's weird. It's playoff hockey. And this is an especially weird playoffs because it's coming after four months off in the middle of a pandemic.
3: Is it possible I that the clue. round-robin teams weren't actually trying? Remember that whole thing where they were like, well, no one's actually trying in the round-robin? I don't think
1: I don't think Boston was trying. I, I yeah, don't that think that's clear.
3: I think, but I but think given I, how how well the Flyers appeared to be playing, like I just don't understand how you could go from that level down like six levels in the course of a week. Like maybe they were just getting lucky against teams that weren't really trying to win games that didn't matter. I just think about that a lot.
2: I. <laughs> I, I think about that, too. But the, the problem is, is that they looked
3: really good,
2: even if they were playing against a team that wasn't
3: trying. I feel like it's probably looked- easy, though, to look good when the other team isn't trying to stop you.
1: I just don't buy this concept that like they weren't trying. Like I can buy Boston, but I don't think that was because they weren't trying. That was just because they were a dumpster fire because they didn't really have a training camp because half their team was in quarantine because of COVID. Like they got they they got Boston the best possible time the first the first round robin game, but Boston was still a mess. But I, I, it's hard for me to buy that like the Tampa Bay Lightning and Washington Capitals were just like, well, this is a preseason game. We don't care. Like, you don't turn off that competitive instinct. These guys still wanted to win, and the Flyers were better than them. We
0: said all year, like, the Flyers are better than Washington. Pretty much every time they've matched up, they've beaten the shit out of them. Mm -hmm. Like, I just think they get Boston at the perfect time, and they've matched up well with Boston this year too. Then they beat Washington, and now they're really feeling it. And Tampa, well, maybe they were trying – like maybe they're not as Tampa's focus is we have to win the cup. This shit don't matter. Cause it doesn't, it's not going to stop us from winning or losing the cup. Like I, I just think they were trying, but it's different. Like the flyers were really feeling it. They could feel that number one seed after those first two wins. And then they put themselves in, in position to get it. And Hey, they accomplished that goal of going into the round Robin and doing what they wanted to do. Good for them. But it hasn't really paid off. Uh, you, you look at the other series like yeah you know boston's going home too but tampa tampa's cruising
2: who are they playing again like i know this it's, but...
1: it's tampa boston
2: oh duh
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> listen when i say i'm tired i'm tired I'm very tired
0: all right I'm i have one tired. question and then we're gonna go to break just real fast uh it's a statement and then a question Uh, Pollock, Pellock, and Taves are all 25, uh, Mayfield's 27, Letty's 28, you know, Green's 420, uh, but (laughs) Provy and Myers are 23, Sandheim's 24, Haig is 25. Is this group just too young?
2: I don't think that they're too young, but I think Slash
0: inexperienced.
2: Listen, I'm, I'm gonna spin this because I have to. (laughs) I respect it. I have to. Um... The fact that they are in the second round of the playoffs during an impossible fucking year. Like, let's not forget that this was an impossible year for a lot of people, not just hockey players. With players that are so young, not just on defense, but also the forward core, is a really, really good sign of stuff to come. Like, yes, yes, we want the veterans and the the top guys to play better than they are. I, I I will be the first person to say that, and I will never dispute anything that says otherwise. Like we need these guys to play better, but the depth around them is so young that they're getting their their they're cutting their teeth, getting their feet wet in the playoffs, in a bubble during a pandemic during. I, I I I don't know how to describe what's going on socially, um, but there's a lot of stuff happening. And they're doing pretty well in the playoffs. They are. Not the whole team, the young guys.
0: Yeah, my concern is, like, one of these guys, whether it's Faraby or TK or, you know, if Nolan Patrick ever comes back, if Morgan Frost becomes what he's supposed to become, one of these guys has to be, like, the Giroux replacement. Because as, as bright as the future looks, like, Claude Giroux is still a big part of this team. He's not going to be even this good in a few years. So, like, someone has to step into that role. Someone has to step in for Jake. I don't see, know yeah, if see, they have, have top-line guys.
1: Yeah, see, I have, I have an issue with that line of thinking, and here's why I have an issue with that, that line of thinking. Vegas traded for Mark Stone. Like you, 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 you're creating a scenario in your head where it's like the only way we can get a top guy is to develop him in our system. Oh, the Flyers! No, they could do that yeah, too. Like the Flyers will have the pieces, whether it's the pieces on the roster or whether it's the draft picks or whether it's the prospects that if they want to go out in the next year, if, if they if they come to the determination that Drew and Voracek are in decline and they're, they're not impact guys, we can't depend on, upon them to be impact guys, and none of these guys we have are that good, they will have the ammunition to go out the next time a Mark Stone type is on the market and go get it. So I'm not that concerned. Like, I, one of the reasons why, and this, this maybe is an underrated element to this, this Islanders thing, um, is just that the Islanders... I, I hate to throw this, this kind of thing into the mix because it, you're playing amateur psychologist here, but the Islanders, I think, on some level know that, like, this is their time, and if they're going to make a run, this is it. Because, like, what did yeah. their GM do at the deadline? Went out and traded first-round pick, a second-round pick, and conditional third for Jean-Gabriel Pajot, and that, that lets you know that, like, okay, we're fucking going for it. Whereas the Flyers didn't, and I don't think the Flyers were wrong—not wrong to to stay out of the the big things. But the Islanders know that they have a bottom five prospect pool. They have like aside from Barzell and Bavilio, they have a lot of older guys. They have guys. This is like the Anders Lee. This is his friggin' time. Brock Nelson. This is his time. Like the deep. The guys on defense. This is their time. Like this is. This is the Islanders putting their chips to the middle of the table. That yeah. was this season. That's this season, next season, and maybe the season after. They're going for it. The Flyers are at the start of their window. And I think there might just be a little bit more urgency on the part of the Islanders because they know that like, this is when they're supposed to win. And I think that might be playing maybe a little bit of a role here in terms of the urgency you're seeing on the part of the Islanders. Oh,
0: as, as bleak as this series has looked, there is that element of the Flyers' window opened this year for the first time. Yeah. Like, they have a goalie for the first time. They have a number one defenseman. Sean Couturier is the selkie fight. Like, it, it, they have all these young guys getting their first experience in the playoffs or in the second round or whatever. It, there's a lot. The, there are a lot of reasons to be positive, but like I said at the top, today's not that day because they're fucking up. We're <laughs> yeah. going to take a quick... We're gonna take a quick well, hold break.
2: hold on, I've got I've got one more point. We're gonna to take break. a break. I've got shut up. I've got the, one more point to make, and the then we're gonna take a break. I got no respect.
0: Okay, this is what happens um. when Drew talks in the locker room.
2: <laughs> Kevin Hayes just sits there and mocks him,
0: and fucking so, yes, they fall down from one.
2: Their window opened this year, absolutely, but. Going into the season, before they hit that hot streak, before we went on pause, before they were the number 1 seed in the East, we said we would be happy with a season that ended with the Flyers advancing through the first round of the playoffs.
0: Did I oh, say that? Like my preseason my goal was to going to
1: win the Stanley Cup, so. You're right. Yeah. You're right. My
0: bad. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly's oh, my- cup. My <laughs> realistic goals, my realistic goals for this season were compete for the division and had this been an 82 game season I believe they win the division. And win a playoff round. Well, they did both of those things. They did those So, things. yes, but my goals from September have changed. Like, the world changes. Circumstances changed. We have all learned this. I can be disappointed in a few weeks when I look back on this thing, I'll be able to point out the positives. I don't want to do that now. Now we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be Go back ahead. on the other side with a topic I think Steph will enjoy. Ooh.
2: just go to cars.com. It's magical.
0: All right, fam, we are back. And as promised, Steph, here is the topic. I wanted to get to it, but not until. Nola Patrick? No, it's not until <laughs> we got all the negatives out of the way. <laughs> oh. Can the Flyers turn it around and come back? Oh, and how? You, do, you
2: should have told me we were doing positives in the second half. I you will know,
3: know Steph just... Driver is the positive one now.
2: I emailed the outline last night. I'm just tired. I know. I should have read the outline, but I was moderating comments for 14 hours yesterday. i
0: never read the comments.
2: <laughs> I deleted a lot, banned a lot of people. So
0: if, if the Flyers are going to turn this around and come back, how are they going to do it?
3: Uh, score, scoring goals, uh, I think the, a good place to start. The top guys. <laughs> what was that, Kelly? Scoring goals, I think, would be a good place to start. Yeah, do some of that. And I
2: said at the same time that Kelly spoke. I said the top guys have to score, yeah. so we're we're thinking along the same
3: line. We're the same person, so it's good.
0: Really? how do they it's just true. how do they turn it around to beat this seemingly impenetrable like n- defense of the Islanders and like finally get to the front of the net and create rebound opportunities? They started to do it last night. It's like we've said a bunch of times. Game four was their best sixty minutes of hockey,
1: but. It still wasn't enough. So see, how do they make it enough? See, I guess my thing is that, and I'm I'm far from convinced they're actually going to do this. but oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't <laughs> think they are. I honestly think if if they play the way they played in Game Four, in Game Five, with hopefully a better rest to Carter, Harden, Net, I think they can win, they probably should win game five. Like, I think they played more than well enough to win game four. The big thing is they need to finish on their chances. Like, they had enough chances in that game to score five goals. The process was there. So it's not a matter of, in my mind, changing anything drastically from what you did in Game Four. It's just fucking executing on the chances when they're there. Like that's what it boils down to. So you need to, you need to replicate the effort and the process that you had in Game Four, with maybe the exception of whatever the hell happened in the second half of the first period, both on the pe- both on the penalty kill and when Matt Barzell was just like going fucking pure wizard out there, and you couldn't take the puck from him. Maybe clean that up. But aside from that, the process in game four was fine, with the exception of finish on your chances, because you were getting to the net front, you were getting to rebounds, you were winning those races, you were creating some some high danger plays, just got to finish on them. And then you need Carter Hart to be Carter Hart again. And I agree with you, Bill, that I don't think like I don't think he's been bad in this series, but he hasn't been Montreal level good. No, and like those, if you you get Montreal level good Carter Hart for these final three games, I think they could do it because he's a game changing goalie when he can be, and that was why. Like, I I guess this is probably a good time to go into it: the decision to start Elliott over Hart in um, in Game Four, and the reason why, and again, this is going to be maybe a little like self centered here. The reason why I didn't have a problem with it is because. I'm fucking exhausted just watching and covering this series. So I can't imagine how exhausted these guys are, especially somebody like Carter Hart who's playing the goaltending position with all these dudes in front of the net like the Islanders play. And I believe what Vino was trying to get at after the game was that, look, for us to have a chance to win this series, our best chance was to give Hart a break because he fucking needs it and I get that. And my hope is is that you give him that break cuz like yeah, they had the two days off because of the of the sit down, but like those weren't days off. Those were draining no. fucking days. They might not have been on draining on ice days, but mentally I guarantee you those were draining days for all those players in terms of what they yeah. were grasping and what they knew they were, they were creating in terms of the controversy and, and the backlash and things like that. Like this has been a draining last few weeks and the schedule is insane because the NHL is trying to blast through this bubble as quickly as possible. So they don't have any that catches COVID, which I get, but like, I understand why they bench Hart, and my hope is is that because of that he comes back a more refreshed goalie and looks more like the goalie in the Montreal series than he has been in the Islanders series.
0: Yeah, I'll say like Hart has not been bad, like especially uh, game three, like the opportunities that led to the goals, like those are on everybody. Those were oh, yeah, like absolutely. those were on everybody, but the actual shots that came off of those opportunities were stoppable and they were not stopped. That is on the goalie. But, like, yeah, when it's 1-on-0, you know, you should score when you have a mini breakaway between the fucking hash marks. Like, that's what happens. All right. How – who needs – who's the one guy you think is just going to come out and win them game five? If they win game five, it will be because who? Kevin
3: Hayes. I think it'll be Kevin Hayes. I think he's shown more flashes than the rest of the top six of like being consistently able to get stuff done. And also he's a crazy person. So it seems like a good time for him (laughs) to break out the crazy.
2: I, this is wishful thinking, but it's Claude Giroux is wishful thinking. Um, I'd love to see, Travis Konechny get a goal, that would be like nice. just one goal for
0: a treat. That'd be nice. I'm telling you, man. Like I know Claude Giroux is the captain, the highest paid player, et cetera, et cetera. But Travis Konechny, to, to me is the biggest disappointment of these playoffs.
3: Yeah,
2: he's he was the highest goal scorer during the regular season. I just thought this was this was
0: this was his opportunity yeah. to like he be needs, the guy.
2: He needs to pull his head out of his ass, which. You know, I understand that's that's a tough situation, but you've got to do it. Head out of ass, and you've got to score goals. You
0: got it in there. You Pull can it get out. it out. <laughs> yep.
2: You can get it out. Ask for help. Kevin Hayes will help you. Maybe Scott Lawton. Ask the other raccoon and hyena crew. Like, they'll help you. It's okay to ask for help, but just do it and then start scoring goals. One or two. This is your job score the goals. Have
3: to or, be two. A lot. One or two. Let's get crazy. Yeah. I don't need that's a lot That's like from if you.
0: he just has. If he just has, like, that's the – if they can have some sort of one guy has an insane game, Carter Hart looks like Carter Hart again, they could very well find the momentum to turn this thing around. It's like they just haven't been able to string it together at all.
1: Yeah, going back to, the, like, going back to your, your question, Bill, I feel like like as much as, as much as Drew scoring – would be huge, and, you know, obviously his teammates feed off of him. I just feel like Konechny... If Konechny were to go out in the first period of Game 5 and just, like, score two quick goals, the I just... I can't imagine the Flyers not rolling. Because he's just become such, like... Not... I wouldn't say the a leader on the team. I certainly don't think he's a leader. But, like, he's a guy who, like... He's just such a ball of energy that I think the team feeds off that. And when he's, like... When he's flying around with confidence, making plays, doing the crazy stuff that he does. I just don't if he were to do that, I don't see the rest of the team not responding to that in That's, a big way. He
0: is their spark. He is yeah. that guy. His absence his absence to me is a huge part of the reason they're down three one in this series. Like, he is that for them. Is he the captain or anything? No, but just the way he plays, it is inspiring. It, it's hard not to be drugged into the fight when one exactly. of the smallest guys on the ice is cross-checking motherfuckers in front of the net, laughing at people trying to punch him in the face, <laughs> yeah, scoring yeah. goals. <laughs> like he, It's hard not to be on his level when he's at that level.
1: No, I agree with that, and, and, and that's kind of why I picked him. But th- this goes back to something we were talking about earlier. And, you know, for a long time when I was younger, I sort of scoffed at this idea of, you know— well, playoff hockey's different. And, like, it is bullshit to a degree because, like, weird shit happens in the playoffs. Sometimes you just hit posts and you miss shots and, you know, that's why you didn't score or whatever. But I do believe the more I've watched and the more, the, the, the more I guess, knowledgeable I've become about the game, like, there are absolutely stylistic differences in terms of the way the playoffs are played and especially the way the playoffs are officiated. And I, really, yes. and, I, and I really believe, like, I'm not saying this, I, I've made this very clear on Twitter during the series, I'm not saying that the Flyers are getting screwed by the officials. They're not. The Flyers are obstructing and tripping and holding players just as much as the Islanders are. But I do believe that there are players in this team, particularly the younger guys, that are still trying to figure out what they can and can't get away with, both offensively and defensively, in the playoffs. I think that's a big reason why the Sanheim-Myers pairing is struggling in this series. They're having trouble figuring out how to do what they want to do with all the obstruction going on, and I think it's hurting Travis Konechny, too, because I think he's yeah. still trying to figure out what, like, how he can adapt what he does well to the way this series and all these series have been called by the officials. And that's something that, like, only being in these series is going to do. Like, some guys, maybe it clicks right away. For these guys, it seems like it's taking them more time. And in the here and now, it sucks. And I hope that they can figure it out before the series is over. But I do believe that they will benefit from having to deal with this in future, future years, future runs. Like, I'm glad they're dealing with this now rather than dealing with this for the first time in a year where the Flyers have 110 points and it's cup or bust. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, all right.
0: I agree. I agree with all that. And I just think, like, how you have to deal with it is fight fucking back. Like, that's how you— yeah. If you take a slashing penalty, you take a slashing penalty. It's 3-1. Just fight back. But I do agree that this is a great learning experience. I'm just not ready to talk about that yet. <laughs> What I am I mean, ready to talk. That's fine.
2: W- that's fine. Be mad. <laughs> All
0: right. What I do want to talk about now is uh, the f- the 20 Philadelphia Flyers season is a blank. And I'm not talking about what we're going to think in a few weeks or what we think about the future. Right now, today, whatever the hell the date is, at four twenty two p.m. on Monday, August thirty first, this Philadelphia Flyers season is a blank. Disappointing success. I think
3: because I'm disappointed, but also like even right now, I know that they did good this season. They took a step forward that the future looks good. However, I'm still extremely disappointed in the way this is ending. Theoretically ending.
0: I'm trying to think. God,
2: God. What has this season been?
0: That's mine is a lot. It it a, yeah, right? A lot. A lot. Fucking, that is, yeah, yeah. Fucking everything has like, been a lot. A dude recovered from cancer in the middle of this season. Yeah. We, we could have a dude who had cancer in December playing in the second round of the playoffs. We could. This has been fucking I mean, ridiculous. Not, but... Yeah. Yeah? No,
2: you're not wrong. I was going to say promising but god yeah, positivity feels really uncomfortable <laughs> it like um,
0: i'll I, be fine looking back on this thing through rose-tinted glasses in a month but right now I mean, i'm not let's there let's just go
2: with like it's a clusterfuck it really is this <laughs> entire season from from beginning to pause to where we are right now it has been a clusterfuck
1: yeah i mean i, I think that's fair i i There's like a, there's like a term that I have in my head as to what it kind of is like, but I don't want to say it. Um, um,
2: well, will you slack it to us? Because I want to know (laughs) what you won't say out loud.
1: Um, but anyway, um, I think this, I think this season objectively speaking has been a success, but it's just that. The playoffs are going to be remembered as a disappointment, maybe because we just got our hopes up too much. Yeah, that was and it's mistake. not over. It's not. It's not over yet. They could. Come hey, it's back. not over. It's not. It's over. not over. But it does seem like maybe we got our hopes up a little bit too much. Maybe we just, you know, like got a little too excited, and then it just wasn't. It's the, well, always it, it, our fault. It wasn't the time yet. It wasn't the time yet, and we thought it might have been, and we just let ourselves believe a little bit too much. And that sucks, but it doesn't mean that there wasn't a lot of good things that happened this year for the future of this team.
0: I like all of yours because uh, starting with Kelly, disappointing success, uh, Steph, clusterfuck, and (laughs) Charlie. Let's go
2: with a promising clusterfuck. Promising
0: clusterfuck. A
2: a promising clusterfuck.
0: And Charlie – Whatever the hell Charlie said. Uh, <laughs> no, we we got too excited because all three of those describe me losing my virginity. Okay. Oh
2: my god! god.
3: <laughs> oh god!
0: When when you said disappointing success, I thought of it, and then it just kept going, and I had to make the joke. I'm not like Charlie. I'm not a professional. You're uh, in off season mode, buddy. Uh, so are the Flyers. <laughs> so right. we're all fucking on the same page. <laughs> Claude oh, Giroux's good. been in off-season mode since this bubble started. So guess what? I'm the captain of the Flyers. No oh, boy. That's not fair. I'm sorry, Claude. I still love you. I we still do. love it's
2: you. It's not. It, I've seen a lot of Claude just wants to go home to his baby. And, like, I'm sure he does. Like, he missed Gavin's first birthday, and that sucks. Does it? I mean.
0: Yeah, I'm sure the birthday party would have been nice. Get cake. Yeah, and you Bill, know. yeah Bill. I don't some, even think they had a party
2: like because <laughs> If I had a but, one-year-old at
0: home, I'd be like, pfft two-month vacation
2: i i think that cake is good i'm sure that he he would have wanted cake
0: i'm sure there's cake in the bubble i
2: don't know uh probably i mean there's there's lots of hockey butts so there's cake in the (laughs) bubble all right no one not one single person
3: i i don't i don't know
2: i don't know was that (laughs) you've never heard you've never heard a thick butt called cake no I'm, oh, too no, old, oh I'm too
3: old. old for your youthful jokes. Oh my god!
2: I hope <laughs> one of the listeners gets it. Jesus,
3: Dear
2: god. we
0: just we just lost our whole youth. Listener, Steph Goodbye, is youth. our th- like every uh, Steph every every is our link one to, one to the you
2: youth. I tried. I thought that that was such a good joke, and not one of you. You just looked at me blankly. All of the youth
3: that listen to this show are cackling right now. So feel yeah, good about
0: that. These fucking olds.
2: Oh my god!
0: <laughs> All right. So um,
2: anyway. Um, I just think that that's really unfair. He's he's not playing well. I I again, I'm saying that and I will defend your right to say that at all times. He's not playing well because he's not scoring. But saying he wants to get home to his baby, that's not fair. They all want to get home to their families on both sides of the ice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think it I don't know if this has been fully negotiated yet, but wasn't wasn't it highly likely that they were going to be able to bring their families into the bubble once they got to the conference yeah. final anyway. Yeah, once it gets to yeah, the final no.
0: four, they go to Edmonton and everyone is every their families
1: are allowed, right? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. I don't I don't think it maybe has been like fully negotiated from a logistics standpoint, but that was sort of like the promise that the NHL made to the, the players. So, I that's why I don't know how much I really buy that because like if you lose, you're going to get to go home. Yeah, but if you win, you're still going to get to see your family anyway. So,
0: but there are, like, a lot of, I've heard a couple players be like, I'm not doing all, like, and then I got to bring them here, they got to quarantine, how yeah, are they supposed maybe. to, they're, they're home alone, how are they supposed to quarantine, that we have a kit, so there are different things where, like, some players are like, no, fuck that, that's even more of an inconvenience. Fair. I'm sure some people would be happy, but it's it's not like a foregone, oh, great, here come my wife and kids, you know? it's yeah. It's a little more yeah. difficult than that.
1: And the thing is, too, is, like, I know the Flyers are in a maybe a, a little bit more of a unique situation because obviously Couturier, um, you know Couturier just um, just had his first kid. Uh, JVR, same deal. Drew has a one year old at home. But like a lot of these guys, so does Jake. yeah, Jake. But like a lot of these guys across all the teams, I mean, they're all like they're dudes between the ages of like yeah, they're 25 twenty five to thirty 30- five 30- year old yeah, men. Like, like this is this is when you're starting families, and like a lot of them have. You know, wives, significant others, kids at home that I'm sure they're missing. And, you know, may, could it be hurting one team more than another? Yeah, I'm sure it's possible. You can't obviously put your, your head your your mind in the in the minds of um of every single player out there, but I'm sure there are Islanders players that are really, really missing their families too, you know what I mean?
3: Mhm.
1: Totally. All right, real quick, who uh
0: looking at everything right now, who's your cup champ? revised i it looks like tampa's year to me
3: vegas yeah i i was so high on the abs but now i gotta go vegas
1: i mean my cup was tampa vegas and i went tampa to start the year so i guess i'm kind of obligated to stick with that though i do think vegas looks better than Tampa does right now. Mm-hmm.
0: I just know we're gonna get we're gonna get a a Dallas Long Island Stanley oh, Cup f- final.
1: Gross, Jesus <laughs> God, that would be. <laughs> it's ha- prepare I mean, yourself. You know what How the thing you is, even though, say like, that for this for this fucking season, like that would be like the chaos. Uh, That's actually possibility. Yeah. so like it, it would fit twenty twenty.
0: Yeah,
2: I have really, really liked the Canucks this off season. I've. Always, well, always being the last couple of years because I really like Brock Besser, but I've I've been impressed with them this off season. I I, I don't think that they're going to win the Cup, but I think that they're a team to pay attention to.
1: Yeah, yeah fuck them. Well, they're they're down <laughs> they're down three one now. Um, so they would need to do the same comeback the Flyers would. I just don't think I I think Pete DeBoer kind of maybe didn't show his hand, but like he just said what everybody knows and didn't want to come right out and say, which is. Vancouver just doesn't have the depth. Like their yeah, high end yeah. players are awesome, their bottom of the lineup players fucking suck. And the thing with Vegas is that Vegas doesn't really have any players at the bottom lo- bottom of their lineup that suck. So they're ultimately, as long as their top players actually come through, which for them they are, um, they're going to wear down a team like Vancouver. And that's kind of what's happening. So Vancouver is definitely a team with a lot of promise for the future, as long as they can figure out a way to get rid of their shitty players and fill out the roster with good ones. You heard it it. it here
0: first folks. You heard it here. first, the key to winning a Stanley cup, have the fewest shitty players. It's
1: a big (laughs) part of it. Okay. And some teams don't seem to get that fucking nailed it. it. Really?
0: I, I I agree, Charlie. I agree. (laughs) I mean, I'm picking Tampa and they have Luke Shen, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, that is all the time we have for you on Broad Street Hockey Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for hanging out. Hopefully there's more than one game left, but you know I will be there for the post game on Twitch, even if it is the last one, as I have been this whole postseason. Uh, for that and all of our content, subscribe to the podcast feed. Search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts. Boom, content to you pretty much daily. That's it. My name is Bill Mats For Steph, for Kelly, for Charlie, have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah!